Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's edition of Daybreak Devotions. I'm your host today, Pastor Corey Cantrell, and I'm going to be flying solo today and tomorrow. Look forward to being rejoined by Pastor Mike next week. But for today and again tomorrow, we're going to be in the book of 1 John chapter number 4. And I had the opportunity not long ago to preach out of this passage of Scripture and just kind of wanted to share it with the fine folks of Daybreak Devotion in a little bit of a different format, you know, Preaching on the radio as the only person in the room is a little bit different than preaching in an auditorium uh, in front of a few people. And so, you know, you get kind of a, of a different vibe, perhaps, and maybe it's a little bit easier to ingest some of the stuff that is said. And uh, obviously, if you're listening with the podcast version, you have the opportunity to pause and rewind and re-listen and all of those different things. And so uh, we hope that you do get some help from being able to do that. But what we're going to be doing is looking in 1 John chapter number 4 on being motivated by God's love. How the love of God inside of us motivates us to action. How we glean from the example of Jesus in our lives. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today and tomorrow. And I'm excited to be able to share this teaching with you. But right before we turn our attention to Scripture today, we've got a wonderful song queued up by Brother Bruce Fry. And it's a hymn that we all know and love, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I God's praise than when we'd first 
how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Turn with me, if you will, to First John chapter number four. First John chapter number four. The book of First John is a wonderful, wonderful book of the Bible. It is an encouraging book written to believers to remind us of what we have in our relationship with God, the love that God has poured out onto us, the access that we have to the Father as a result of the life and uh, the offering of Jesus. But then also the expectation that comes with being recipients of that kind of a love. And there is a lot of encouragement, there's motivation, there's challenge, all comprised in these five relatively short chapters of Scripture. But what I would like for us to do is to kind of break apart a little bit of the benefits of being the recipients of God's love, Uh, what we are then to do as a result of that, and then how it is that we go about putting it into practice. 1 John chapter number 4, verse number 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. I love how John goes about reminding us the, the importance and really what the main thing is all about. It's all Jesus. Jesus is the full manifestation of the love of God. We know all throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, that God loves His creation. He cares very deeply for all that He has made, all that He has created. But man holds a very special place in the eyes of God because man was created in the very image of God. God loves mankind, not because man is deserving of it or is worthy of it, but because God is love. He has so chosen to pour out that love on us. But the reality of it is we cannot know the love of God apart from the person of Jesus Christ. Aside from Jesus, this whole thing about God's love on us is, is really all just speculation and theory. We can't comprehend it. Can't comprehend it. We can't understand the love of God because we can't enjoy it to the full extent of it apart from Jesus. Jesus is the full manifestation of God's love. He is God in the flesh. And in all things, Jesus is our example. He is who we pattern our life after. He is our hope. He is, well, he is our everything. 
And so what do we learn from Jesus, and how do we put into practice the love of God in our life? Well, these verses contain a little bit of that, and we're going to jump right into it here. Remember, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. We are not to be consumers of love. We are not to merely take and receive, take and receive, but instead we are commanded to receive the love of God and then turn around and put that love on display, pour it out to others, and we do it in the same way in which Jesus did. Look in verse number 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. I love what we see about the purpose of Jesus' coming right here in this passage. It says that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. The first thing that I see from 1 John chapter number 4 is that Jesus was sent so that we might live. Now, I know that sounds very basic and very simplistic, but it is actually quite a revolutionary concept if we will really dive into it. Jesus came on mission. He had a purpose in why he came. He did not come just to simply put on display God's love. He didn't come just so that we could see a good example and be like, ah, oh, man, yeah, that is a better way to live. I want to be like that. That's not the reason that Jesus came. Jesus came because it was necessary for him to come in order for us to benefit and receive and have access not simply to God, but to have access into life. Apart from Jesus, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We have no life inside of us. But yet through Jesus, we have been quickened. We have been made alive once again. There has been life breathed into us. Now that is important for us to understand because, if again, if we're not careful, we can... We can so theorize God's love and Jesus' purpose for coming that we miss the vital connection that we have towards Jesus. Apart from Jesus, we are nothing and we have nothing. Jesus is our everything. He's it. He is all. He is in all. He is of all. And apart from him, we have no life. We have no energy. I'll say it this way. You ever tried to do something, tried to accomplish something that you know you need to do, you know you need to improve on, but at the end of the day, you're just like, man, I just, I can't do it. I've tried to get victory over this. I've tried to, I've tried to do this. I've tried to, I've tried to make the change, but I just don't have it within me. I don't have the power to do that. You know Why? Because apart from Jesus, we are dead. We have no power. We have no life. There is no energy within us. There is, we have nothing. Yet Jesus was sent so that I might have life. It shows to me the nature and the manner in which Jesus came. So as someone who has received the, the, the gift and the application of the, of the mission of Jesus... What then am I supposed to do to others? Verse 7, brethren, let, or excuse me, beloved, let us love one another, 
For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. I am commanded to love other people. And so therefore, I, I take from this that I too am to be sent. Jesus' words himself, he said, As the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. We are to be continuations of the ministry of Jesus. Now, I am not coming to pay anyone's sin debt. I can't do that. I don't have the, uh, the, the, the quality or the caliber of life to atone for anyone else. But in a very real sense, Jesus has left his friends, his family, his brothers, his sisters. He has left us here to be sent into this world so that others may receive life. I bring the life that is inside of me as an ambassador for Christ. I bring that every single place that I go. Now that is a, an, an amazing concept to think of. Because how many times do we go about life, we go to the store, we do everything that we need to do, and we get so fixated and focused on what we need to do, the, the tasks that we have, that we completely lose sight of the wonderful nature that we have to be able to bring life to others. I take Jesus with me everywhere. And I have the opportunity to pour out that love on every single person that I come in contact with. So we see that just as Jesus was sent so that I may have life, so am I being sent to bring life to others. We also see in verse number 10, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So he was sent that we might have life, but he was also sent to be the propitiation for our sins. And we would say it this way, propitiation meaning uh, one who stands in place of, he was offered for me. We would say that Jesus was spent so that I might be free. Now friends, we got to understand, love always cost something. It always does. There is always a cost and a payment to love. It's not cheap, it's never free, but it is very expensive. And Jesus was spent completely. Why? So that I would have the opportunity to be free. You say, Brother Corey, I don't understand. You already talked about being free. I, I thought that's what happened when he gave us life. You see, there is a, a great difference in having life and being free. I explain it this way. A dead person isn't really worried about whether they've got their hands handcuffed behind their back or whether they're tied up in a closet somewhere. Doesn't phase a dead person a bit. Their, their life doesn't change at all because they have no life. A living person, on the other hand, very concerned about being in bondage and being trapped. Friends, the only people that truly, really realize the full scope of their bondage to sin are those that have been made alive in Jesus. 
Lost people aren't really concerned about being slaves to sin. It's all they've ever known. They know no difference. They know no power to be able to be delivered from that. Oh, they may have self-help programs. They may see toxic behaviors and may have a desire and a, a willingness to, to make those kind of changes. But as far as being a slave to sin, they have no knowledge of that. But to the child of God, the person that is birthed into the family of God, we know full well what it is to be in bondage to sin. We know what it is to be trapped and ensnared. So what then do we hope for? We look for deliverance from the bondage. And it is far more than just being eternally secure and on our way to heaven one day. Yes, that's a wonderful thing, and I am... I'm really looking forward to to getting to eternity, to to stepping into paradise and and spending the the never-ending days of my life with Jesus. That's going to be a wonderful thing. And that's where I'm going to experience the full deliverance of the bondage of sin. But I'm also thankful that I have hope to experience a little bit of that deliverance even right now. How? Because of verse number 10. He loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus offered his life as payment for our sins. But remember, Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again the third day and now offers his life, not as payment for my sins, but rather he offers me the power of his life for deliverance from my sin. I used the same illustration from earlier. Maybe there's something in your life you've struggled with, you've known, "Ah, I got to get rid of this, I I need to overcome this, but I just keep getting beat down by this. I fail time and time again, and I'm wrestling with it, I'm fighting, and I'm just not getting any kind of improvement. What do I need to do? What you need to do is draw closer to Christ. You say, oh, Brother Cord, that is so elementary. It is so elementary. And we complicate it by thinking that there's some other kind of magic solution. There's something else that, well, if I just do this. And so many times we do all of this other stuff at the neglect and at the expense of drawing close to Jesus. All right, so we understand that as it relates to us. We, we, can, we can begin to quantify and understand, okay, yes, I, I see what you're saying, Brother Corey. I, I, need to, I need to increase in my love for Jesus so that I can overcome the sin in my life. But how does that reflect into how I show love to others? I am so glad that you asked such an astute question. Wonderful question. Because here's the thing. Just as Jesus was spent so that I might be free, it cost him something so then must I be spent so that others may be free. It cost Jesus something to enable me to be able to stand before God guilt-free. Because you understand that's exactly what Romans 8.1 is talking about. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. When it says there is therefore now no condemnation, it means there is nothing that I have to worry about standing before God the Father and giving an account for that is going to reflect guilt and judgment of sin. That's all been dealt with. 
Jesus was spent to take care of that. So in my love with others, as I am filled with the love of God in my life, I too will be spent so that others may be free. And that means it's going to cost me something when somebody does me wrong, when I have been when I have been trespassed against, it's going to cost me something to offer them forgiveness. I have the power to do that. We realize that, don't we? We have the power to forgive. Jesus says, whosoever sins ye forgive, they are forgiven in heaven. Whosoever sins ye remit. See, we, 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 we forget that. We, 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 we think all oh, to err is human, to forgive is divine, only God can truly forgive. And yet we forget the fact that Jesus left us here on earth to be forgivers of men. Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus said, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. See, he has left us to be forgivers. And forgiveness cost us something. It cost us our rights. It cost us our feelings of validation. It cost us our control that we hold and we lord over top of other people. When we say, well, my actions are justified because they did this, that, or the other, forgiveness relinquishes that control, and now all of a sudden me and this brother are on an even playing field. I've got no right to be upset with him. I have no right to hold anything over top of him. I have forgiven him. We do that, we have the ability to do that because of the love of God inside of us. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Yeah, but Brother Corey, do I have to forgive my brother in order to love him? I don't see how you can truly love somebody and not forgive them. I mean... How do we justify and say that we love somebody and hold things over top of them? It, it doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. All right? Jesus was sent so that we might have life. Jesus was spent so that we might have freedom. Then quickly, I want to look at the last one. And this one may carry us even into tomorrow's broadcast a little bit as well. I'll give it briefly and we'll touch on it some more tomorrow. It's this one, that Jesus saves so that we may live fearless. I want you to read on down. We've read verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Pick up in verse 12, No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we know, excuse me, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. And he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Jesus saves us. Verse 14, the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. 
He saved us so that we may have access to live fearless today. Oh, we are so bound by fear. I would even say we are crippled by fear. It consumes us. It controls our thoughts. It controls our minds. It takes over every aspect of our life. Because fear is based on what we are afraid of losing. The things that we fear reveal what we are afraid of losing. But I want to leave you with some hope today. We do not have to dwell and we don't have to remain in fear. Just as we do not have to exist as dead men. Nor do we have to live as those bound by sin with no hope. We also have the opportunity to live fearlessly. And how do we then turn around and use that to showcase towards others? I don't know about you, but there is nothing greater than being able to have the opportunity to help somebody overcome their fears by being strong for them, by pointing and directing them to the source of hope, bravery, and courage. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. So as we sign off the broadcast today, I want you to take these thoughts with you. We have the opportunity to be sent so that others may live. Who are you being sent to today? Who will you encounter that is your divine appointment? Newsflash, it's everybody you encounter. Every single person you come in contact with is somebody that needs to be a recipient of the love of God inside of you today. So you're sent. Now take that life to others. Then, how is it and for who is it that you need to be spent to bring freedom to somebody else? What are you still holding on over top of somebody else? What do you refuse to let go of because you feel entitled to it? Maybe it's time that you sacrifice a little bit of yourself. Maybe it's time that you are spent to bring that freedom. And then join us tomorrow because I'm really looking forward to being able to get into how it is that because of the love of God inside of us, we can live fearless in this day of life. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a wonderful remainder of your day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.